Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Today we are studying in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 22. Here's Pastor Ryan. The tearing of one's clothes, as you know, it's, it's showing a, a great sorrow, great um, distress of heart. So he heard the word and he was totally convicted in his heart that a change needed to happen to Judah because Judah was in trouble. He was tender. He was, he was open. He realized that Judah was in deep trouble, that judgment was coming. You know, this was eye-opening to Josiah. He heard what God had said to Moses and lovingly warning his people, when I bless you and you come into the land and have all that you desire, beware, lest you forget my commandment. Don't be like the nations around you. And the day that you do, then judgment will come. And he reads these, he reads Deuteronomy, he reads Numbers or whatever. He's reading the first five books and he's blown away, touched to the heart. I wonder how tender our heart is today concerning the word of God. I believe through experience that our hearts can become dull to the word of God. That our hearts can be desensitized to what God wants to say to us. I have learned that the upkeep of our heart is our own responsibility. That we need to come before God and ask the Lord to strengthen our passion for Him, our zeal, our love for Him, and our love for the Word. Jesus said, we have not because we ask not. And so I believe that our hearts can become dull and you know, complacency can set in in our lives where we're not as gun-ho as we used to be. We're not as zealous. Things can become routine. Things can become too busy in our life. And when that happens, if that's you tonight, the remedy is to come before the Lord in prayer and just be honest and say, Lord, give me a passion and a hunger for your word. Again, like I used to have. Open my eyes eyes to your truth open my my heart to you lord give me a new heart that i might receive from you instructions guidance strength and what i need it's up to you it's up to me nobody else can do that for us we can pray for you the bible says to bear one another's burdens but that speaks of extraordinary weights in life. It doesn't speak of the normal one-on-one -on -one relationship that you have with Jesus Christ. We have to come before him on our own every day on our knees and say, Lord, give me a passion. And that's when God speaks. That's when we can say, oh my gosh, the word of God just really spoke to my heart. Because I've prepared my heart to seek the Lord. Remember King David, he encouraged himself in the Lord. That's up to you and up to me. And I know no other way but on my knees in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the evening. There is no other way. I know my heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Yours is as well, the Bible says. So when the feelings aren't there, when the passion ain't there, when the love for the word ain't there, when, 
when there's no, the word's not taking a grip of my heart like it used to, I know the issue is my heart. I know I need to come to the Lord, my advocate, Jesus Christ, who by his blood will cleanse me of my sins and revive me by his spirit, empower me. Jesus said, if any man thirsts, let him come to me. He didn't say, if any man thirsts, tell your friend to tell me that you're thirsty. He says, if any man thirsts, come. So the word touched Josiah, and we want God's word to touch our, our lives. When we read it, when we come and we hear a sermon, I mean, you'd be surprised what God can pull out of donkeys and when they preach. You'll be surprised. I mean, if we're prepared, if we're humble, the Bible says he teaches the humble his way. But if we're prideful and we're just like, nah, it's not dressed the way it should be. It's not, doesn't, I, I need a different vessel. I just can't receive. How about, Lord, I need your word. I need your guidance. Use this guy. And he will. Do our hearts still burn for the word? In Luke 24, the road to Emmaus, when Jesus appeared to, after his resurrection to the two guys, remember he opened up the scriptures to them? It says in Luke 24, 32, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? And Jesus would say to the crowds in Luke 8, 18, take heed how you hear. For whoever has to him, more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken away from him. Jesus said to the crowds, take heed how you hear. I can't tell you to hear better for my ears. You have to, I have to be careful how I hear. What happens is supernatural in the house of the Lord. But we have to prepare our hearts. Josiah heard the reading and he was blown away, convicted. Something had to be done. And after the hearing of the word, what does he tell? His five ambassadors, he says to them, Go inquire of the Lord for me, for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found for great is the wrath of the Lord that is aroused against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. Look at this discernment. Look at this direction. Look at this guidance. When did he have it? From the hearing of the word of God. Not fancy stories. Not itchy ears type stuff. It was the word that was spoken. Josiah all of a sudden had directions as a king. And King Solomon wrote the, the Proverbs, the book of wisdom. We need wisdom. We need to be able to turn to our kids. We need to be able to turn to our coworkers, our, our bosses, our companies, our whatever in our lives. We need to be able to deal with life instructed by the word of God. Go here, go here, do this, do that, do this, do that. Wow. Where did that come from? Just reading this word all of a sudden, supernaturally, the Holy Spirit told Josiah to tell the guys, go inquire of the Lord, the leader of the country, the leader of the kingdom. This is what's best for our nation. This is what's best for the kingdom. Go inquire of the Lord. Imagine if countries did that today. Go inquire of the Lord. You know when they inquire of the Lord? When the enemy is invading their country. That's when they inquire of the Lord. That's when they get C.S. Lewis to speak on the radio when the Nazis are threatening to invade their island. 
the BBC put C.S. Lewis on there and said, just tell them about Christianity. And thus you have the book, Mere Christianity. We pray for our country. We pray for presidents and kings to have that heart. Direction from the Lord. In verse 14, we read, So Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam, Akbor, here are these guys again, Shaphan and Azariah, went to Huldah, the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikvah, the son of Harhaz, keeper of the wardrobe. She dwelt in Jerusalem in the second quarter. The second quarter was the lower level of the city of Jerusalem. She lived in the lower elevation there. And they spoke with her. And then she said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel. So these five ambassadors, on behalf of the king, they go to inquire of the Lord of this woman named Huldah, the prophetess. What's interesting is that during this same time period, Jeremiah's on the scene, guys. The prophet Jeremiah's around. Zephaniah is around as well, the prophet. But they go to this woman. No doubt she was known as a godly woman, a prophetess. And she's able to say to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Tell the man who sent you to me. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring calamity on this place and on its inhabitants, all the words of the book which the king of Judah has read, because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all of the work, all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath shall be aroused against this place and shall not be quenched. What a powerful woman of God. Amen? God has given women tremendous gifts within the church of God. We see them in operation in our church and in all churches. Women are gifted by the Holy Spirit in very powerful ways. Women who pray for you and me. Women who have a word of prophecy. The word of God spoken to others prophecy women who give godly advice women who teach our children god has given amazing gifts to women in the body of christ the only restriction that god has given in the body of christ towards women is that they are not allowed to teach men and they are not allowed to have authority over men and i say that in a time where our country is going crazy over gender confusion. Absolutely crazy. And this is where the word of God is going to be attacked. One of the reasons. One of the, one of the reasons why. Because the Bible says that in the beginning God made a male and female. And in scriptures we're told concerning women within the church. 1 Timothy chapter 2 Paul says. Verses 12 through 15. And I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Nevertheless, she will be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness and self-control. And so because of that scripture, that verse, we, don't, we do not ordain women pastors. 
Now, I know that can be a hot topic within the whole body of Christ because we know that there's churches who do ordain women pastors. But when God, through Paul, speaks to Timothy and to the church there, he takes them back to Genesis. He takes them back to the fall. He said that it was Eve who was deceived, not Adam, and that Adam was created before Eve. He's making a distinction between man and woman. When the Bible talks about husbands honoring their wife, it makes it clear as the weaker vessel. Those are God's words. So don't hate on me. Though if you would like to, that's fine, I'll take it. But these are words from Scripture. When the emasculating of men in our society is everywhere. Men cannot be men anymore. And our country is, or the left in our country, I should say, is trying to do that. Trying to confuse people concerning who God made them. And so I bring up the topic, because we, we see a woman here used powerfully within um, the context of our story. And God is still using women powerfully today. But God said in the position of pastoring, of leading, and, and teaching men, that's not to be. Because that's what he says. And so we want to honor what he says. Being susceptible to deception is the reason Paul gives Timothy, right? It's because she was deceived. But women are used powerfully within the body of Christ. The women do more than the men all day in the church. In every church around in the whole world. That's just the way it is. But I think that when women are ordained as pastors in, in churches, it's like how do the men look upon her and then learn how to be the men in their homes? When the woman's leading the men in the church, how can then the woman at home learn to be submissive to their husband when the woman pastor has authority over the men in the church? And that's what the world's trying to do, not use pronouns and all of the stuff that they're, they're doing today. So as a church... We need to affirm, affirm, affirm with our kids. They ain't choosing nothing. You tell them, dude, you're, boy, you're a boy. <laughs> girl, you're a girl. Take mama's high heels off and put my shoes on. But that's what we're dealing with today. My spiritual mom, Sue, she would tell me I was praying for you to have a spiritual dad. Because she knew I needed a mentor that, from a male's perspective. Because men think on a whole different plane sometimes. But we're different. But she's powerful. Wise is the men who, who are open to receive from the sisters in the church. To give them nuggets. To give them godly advice. Wise is the man. But wise is the woman who also recognizes that God is, an, is a God, is a king. King of a kingdom. And he's authoritative. And he says this is the way he created us. Not that man is loved more by God or above women. No, no, no. All equal. Man and woman are equal. They just have different positions. Therefore, my wrath shall be aroused against this place and shall not be quenched. So there she is prophesying beautifully. But as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, in this manner you shall speak to him, Thus says the Lord God of Israel. 
So concerning Josiah, right, she says, concerning the words which you have heard, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they would become a desolation and a curse, and you tore your clothes and wept before me, I also have heard you, says the Lord. Surely, therefore, I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace. And your eyes shall not see all the calamity which I will bring on this place. So they brought back word to the king. And so within her prophecy, the Lord is saying to Josiah, you're going to be preserved. Like this calamity that's coming isn't going to hit you. And this is just another example of how God knows how to preserve the righteous from wrath and to preserve the wicked for judgment. This is why I believe in a pre-trib rapture that before God's wrath comes upon this non-believing, God-forsaking world, that he's going to pull the church out. Just the way he pulled Enoch. Enoch walked with the Lord and was not, for he was taken up. Elijah was taken in a chariot of fire. Noah was saved in the ark. The Bible was clear that we are not appointed to wrath. Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. God preserved Lot when he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember that? God preserved Noah, as mentioned, when he flooded the earth. And God will preserve us just the way he's preserving Josiah from the calamity that's coming. What's interesting about what she said was that there's no stopping what's coming. Even though he's a good king, even though he's honoring God, the previous kings had gone too far. The people had sinned too far. There has to be payment. In this world, there's nothing saving it but Jesus Christ. And, and, and he's saving people, not the world. Jesus said in John 3.18, He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. Turn with me real quick to Revelation chapter 3. Please, Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. Revelation 3, verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it, for you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan, who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet, and to know that I have loved you, because you have kept my command to persevere. I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I, come, I, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. Amen? Amen. 
So there is that preserving of the righteous that Jesus promises. That what's going to come upon the whole world to test the world, he'll save us from that. Amen? So be righteous so you don't have to deal with that. I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace. And your eyes shall not see all the calamity which I, bring, which I will bring to this place. So they brought back word to the king. Now the king sent them to gather all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem to him. The king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah, and with him all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets and all the people, both small and great. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the house of the Lord. And so when Josiah received that word from the prophetess, he, he didn't stall, he didn't wait. He immediately called the elders of the land, all the leaders of the kingdom, to bring all the people to Jerusalem, to bring all the people to the house of the Lord. And the house of the Lord, it wasn't like it was ready and it was, you know, refurbished and repaired. The repairs were not done, guys. It was something so important to Josiah when he heard that word. He's going to be preserved. But judgment is coming. It was so important that he, for his kingdom, for himself, that he brought the people to hear the word of the Lord. Like this is going to save some people. This is going to, this will be a remnant. This is how, how he did it in the approaching calamity that was coming. And the same is for us today. The only way that we can help anyone in this world is through the word of God. There is no other way. Knowing the terror of the Lord, we want to persuade men. And the only way we do it is by the reading of the word. And then the king stood by a pillar and he made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and with all his soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people took a stand for the covenant. And the king commanded Hilkiah the high priest and the priests of the second order and the doorkeepers to bring out of the temple of the Lord all the articles that were made for Baal. So the king makes a covenant before God standing by a pillar there in the temple. He says, I'm, I promise you, Lord, to follow you, to keep your commandments and to follow you with all of my heart. That was his covenant. But isn't that our covenant when we're born again? When we come to the Lord Jesus Christ and we acknowledge our sin, we've sinned. Forgive me. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I'll do, I'll do anything for you. We've all made a, co a covenant if we have accepted Jesus Christ. And how it's good to remember that. Who cares if the church building isn't ready? Hear the word of, the God, of God, people. Who cares if the church ain't ready? Make a covenant with the Lord. Who cares what time it is? It's time to make a commitment to Jesus Christ. Because calamity is coming. And the king himself said, this is what I'm doing. And his example, it hit the hearts of his people. And they said, amen, we'll do the same thing. We're going to follow the Lord. That's beautiful. We dedicated this temple. We did. This church. It's a beautiful house. But it's only as substantial as its inhabitants. It's only going to be a powerful place 
if his people are dedicated to him. Our lives are only going to be substantial if we are dedicated to Jesus Christ and not this world. Jesus said, you're in this world, but not of this world. If you were of this world, the world would love you. But because I called you out of it, it hates you. We are no longer to live for this world or for ourselves or for the world's ways. The world doesn't know what they are doing. Period. But we do. Because he shows us all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is all fading away. But he who trusts in the Lord shall abide forever. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for our time together. Lord, may your word imprint our hearts and our minds long after we have left. For your words, Lord, are the words of life. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and just hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Chapin, above.